Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Top Wielders Connecticut. I'm on with Margaret Kozlark from Sotheby's International Realty. Thank you so much for being in the show, Margaret. Appreciate Thanks so it. much for having us. Thank you. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, probably the most famous auction houses, or like auction house Sotheby's. Mm -hmm. So also Margaret is also like a co-founder and CEO of Nobly Best mm -hmm. and a licensed real estate and a salesperson. And to start here, uh, the, the first question is, I'm, I'm gonna curious, I'm curious about, about you is that, like, can you provide me like how your company ticks? Like what's the main focus you have in terms of helping your customers? Like sure. the values that you have established for your business so far. Absolutely. So what many people don't realize is that the Sotheby's name has back, been actually around um, for over 100 years. It was originally started as an auction house, as I think you may have mentioned. Um, but now, um, I believe somewhere in the mid 50s, it became um, a real estate brokerage as well. And so I'm actually relatively new to Sotheby's. I joined about a month ago from another brokerage. But I can tell you that, um, you know, Customer service is a core tenant of Sotheby's, and it's all about really making that customer experience, whether they are buying or selling a house, go as smoothly as possible. So whatever we can do, uh, whether it's with communication or other resources, vendors, whatever clients need, our goal is to be one step ahead to kind of be smoothing that path out for them. 100 years for over, started over 100 years. That's, that's pretty amazing. And I, at 100%, customer service is a core tenet of Sotheby's, no doubt about that. I watched for the reviews and most of it are like into like providing good relationship with the, the, the customers. Mm -hmm. So another thing, what's the biggest challenge that do you think with your experience as well, like the, the, the real estate, like real estate market facing the day? So there's a couple of challenges, but I would say a big one right now really has to do with all of these interest rate increases. You know, just a year ago, it was a very different scenario. You could get a house and potentially have a, a 3% mortgage, you know, and then the Fed has been steadily increasing interest rates since then in an effort to stem inflation, which I do understand, you know, but the unfortunate part is that people, some people are now prevented from buying a home that they thought they could, or you may have a client who thought they could buy a home at a certain price point, And then because the interest rate has gone up that has therefore increased their monthly payment. So now they had to sort of start over and reassess what the budget would be. So, um, so interest rate is a huge thing. And I think the other thing is, you know, when uh, COVID happened and the pandemic here in Connecticut, I always say COVID was like lighter fluid on the real estate market, right? Everybody felt like they were streaming out yeah. of New York City, streaming out of Westchester, just desperate to get a home. Um, but I think that that has calmed down now. In fact, I know it's calmed down. So I think there's some buyers who might be worried that they would be priced out of the market. So any home that they might get might go to multiple offers, they wouldn't lose. And a home that is priced accurately will still, that will still happen, but it's not nearly the way it used to be. So mm -hmm. For example, two years ago, it was not uncommon. I would put a house on the market on a on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. I would have an open house on a Sunday. And then by the end of that night, I would go highest and best and we would make a decision by Tuesday. So less than a week. 
That, that's how fast houses were going. It has definitely mm-hmm. calmed down now. So it's still a good time to sell your home, but certainly mm-hmm. buyers are are getting offers accepted. So it's a good time to buy a home as well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that part. Um, the answer for your for that question you said is like the, the interest rate. So what's like the, the thing that you've done to like overcome this one? Or what's like the tool or tactics that you that you use to overcome this kind of challenge? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, so a big thing we always say to people is you marry the house, you date the rate, right? So find the house that you like, and it doesn't matter what the interest rate is now, because with everything that's going on with SEB and then Credit Suisse, I've already been hearing as of today that people are predicting that either there are going to be slower increases or they might actually start finally coming back down by the end of the summer. So the point is, keep looking for that house that you love. The rate is a temporary thing. You can always refinance when the rates come down. So it's not like you're stuck with whatever the rate is right now. Awesome. Awesome. Also, both buying and selling are like big decisions to make, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the real estate industry. So how do you stay top of mind? Like, how do you get customers to come back for your service or like, let's say, get loyalty? Right. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you say that because I would say I get a lot of referrals from past clients. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's stay top of mind. And that doesn't just mean calling every three months going, hey, do you know anybody wants to sell a house? Hey, how about now? Do you want to sell your house? It's more just, you know, building a relationship with your clients, right? So maybe you had a conversation about, you know, a sport they were interested in and you see an article and you toss it over to them or, you know, certainly on holidays, of course, reaching out to them, you know, sometimes um, I might like to just kind of randomly, you know, drop off gifts at my client's house or send them little notes just to let them know that I'm thinking about them. So it doesn't take a lot of effort to do it. What it does take is organization, right? Because the irony is the more successful that you are as an agent, the more clients you get. And so you have to make sure that you are being organized and letting all of those folks know that you're you're absolutely still thinking about them and not necessarily because you want to buy and sell their house again, but just because you like them as people and you, you know, have forged a relationship with them. That's the sincerity and the answer is pretty like, it's pretty amazing. And I, I totally agree with that part. Like things are easily to slip into our mind. That's why we need to be organized. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a um, difficult thing to do, like to send them gifts, like provide greetings to them, especially with the myriad of tasks that you are into, I believe, since you're a very busy person. But that's the thing that we need to do. We, we need to be like organized. So with your experience in the industry, do you have like any specific tools and tactics that have been particularly effective in successfully marketing or selling properties? So that you can share that you can share to us. So there's lots of different ways, you know, certainly having a good CRM system or some sort of contact system so that you can stay in communication with your clients is important. And this is 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 really important to have good systems, by the way, when you are literally in the process of either helping them buy a home or helping them sell a home, because each side of the table has very specific experiences. And especially, let's say you're buying a home, well, you have to make sure that you help them coordinate the inspection negotiate any issues. Usually as the agent, you're the person who's there when the bank comes to appraise the house. So you want to make sure that you are 
keeping on top of all these deadlines because when you make an offer, you know, you'll have a date for the mortgage contingency or for the inspection contingency. Mm-hmm. And I'm a licensed agent in Connecticut and New York, by the way. And New York is very different than Connecticut. But in Connecticut, Definitely. we are very strict on the dates, right? The closing date is the date, it's the date. And so if you are not going to make that closing date, you know, the buyer could potentially get a per day penalty for every day that they're late. So therefore, as the agent, it's my job to help keep them organized because remember, they're packing, they're getting ready to do this major life move. I'm the one, my job is to guide them through this process. So my point is, it's not just important to have the CRM after the fact, but during the transaction, you know, I need to be the point person who's on top of all these dates and making sure that things keep moving forward. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now it all goes back again to like organizing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's pretty efficient thing to do, especially in this um, uh, industry, since mm-hmm. we need to value people's time, definitely, right? So for, for a customer side question, what's like the best tip that you can give to like first time home buyers and, and sellers out there? I would say for the home buyers, mm-hmm. when you're walking into a house, obviously the seller wants their house to look as best as they, as as good as possible, right? Try not to be distracted by all the beautiful furniture and how nice it's staged. Almost kind of try to ignore that and imagine, could your belongings fit nice in here? Do you have enough space? You know, um, are there enough bathrooms, enough bedrooms, you know, and then don't, don't not go and look at the, let's call it not so sexy stuff, right? Go down and look at the furnace, look at the water heater. Is it older? Does the basement smell? Maybe like there's a little moisture in there. You know what I mean? These things of course will come up in an inspection, but at that point, why pay for an inspection? If you go to the basement, the furnace is like clearly old. You can tell there's water, just rule it out, right? Move on to your next house. So don't be distracted by all the glitz, but try to focus on, on the hard stuff as well. And then on the sellers, my big advice mm-hmm. to the seller, and I just had a listing appointment this morning. So actually the timing is really good. And especially when the, so when the pandemic happened, we just mm-hmm. talked about this, right? It was a great time to be a seller. I mean, houses were flying off the market. We could not mm-hmm. keep them on the market. And believe it or not, even though it's three years later, we still have where I am in Westport, the inventory is still low. Okay. But don't get greedy. So what I always say is if you price your house too high, it's going to sit on the market. You're going to end up having to drop the price. And then people could end up, you know, even offering something lower than that. So when I ever do my pricing, I'm a big numbers nerd. I started as a market analyst years ago. So I always run the comps. Yeah. So I always run the comps and I say, let's say, for example, I think um, we could get 725 for the house or maybe even 700. I might say, okay, let's price it like, let's say 10,000 below that because we want to get a lot of interest. We want people to see, oh, this is a really good price. And then hopefully that kind of drives up interest. You get a multiple bidder situation and then you end up going higher than you would have if you had priced it too high in the first place. So it's almost like an inverse relationship. If you price Mm -hmm. it a little lower, you can probably get more. And if you price it too high, you're going to end up going lower. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So do not, definitely do not get greedy. And also the advice that you have for like home buyers, I I pretty like that advice because we usually get distracted with the shiny stuff, right? Oh, I'm the same way. I'll walk in. I'll be like, I love (laughs) what they did to that fireplace. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, stop. (laughs) 
And that's what they want you to do, right? When I'm on the seller mm -hmm. side, I'm like, make your house look amazing. Distract them with how beautiful it is, you know? I totally agree. Totally agree. 100%. Another thing that, uh, like, advice that I'll be asking from you is that um, to those people who are looking to get started in their real, real estate uh, business, or even mm -hmm. to those who are already in a space but wanted to scale it up, like, what's another advice that you can provide to these people? So if like, would, be, space and would be real estate their, agents, um, do you mean? Yes, as a realtor. Okay. So let's assume it's somebody has no experience in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing I would say to those people is the barrier of entry is low, right? All you really have to do is you go to real estate university, you take, take, a, take a state class or take a test mm -hmm. and boom, right? You're a realtor. That doesn't mean that being a realtor is easy. It's not HGTV where you go in and you look at all these pretty houses and, oh my gosh, I have an accepted offer by the end of the episode. It's not like that at all. There's a lot of driving around. Um, I would say, you know, certainly again, be organized on the realtor side, right? Mm -hmm. Keep, make sure you are keeping track of your expenses, of your mileage, you know, the money that you're spending, but also communicate well. So whatever brokerage you're in, it doesn't matter. It sounds obvious, but return phone calls, yeah, yeah. return emails in a, in a timely manner. I always try to remember that it's never just another transaction for me because I know on the mm -hmm. other side, this is somebody who's having a life event. They're literally changing their life, right? Maybe they're moving down the street. Maybe they're moving across the country, but it's incredibly stressful for them, whoever it is, whether mm -hmm. they're buying or selling. And so even if I'm really busy and I'll be like, oh, I'll do it by the end of the day. I remember they're waiting on me, you know, so make mm -hmm. sure you always keep that in mind and you always communicate what's going on. Even, even if you have a situation. So like today I put in an offer for a client yesterday for a house in mm -hmm. New York and we haven't heard back yet. You know, we put it in last night. So I had said to them, you know what, I'm going to wait until three. And then if we don't hear, I'll call them. Mm -hmm. But I told them this morning, just touching in, haven't heard anything yet. I'm going to be checking in at three. So at least they're not wondering what's going on. Did she hear yeah. from that? Even <laughs> if the update is no update, communicate. Communicate. Awesome. I, I, I pretty like that one as well. The, the last thing is that anyone who wants to connect with you or anyone thinking about buying or selling, where's the place that they can go? You said you're not just in Connecticut, right? You also yes, that's right. do transaction I, in New York. Correct. So I have a license in both Connecticut and New York. Mm -hmm. So I tend to focus on Fairfield County, Connecticut and Westchester County, New York, but I can really, you know, technically sell anywhere in those two states. So um, I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Sadly, I have been hacked on Facebook. So I'm currently in Facebook jail, which is killing me. But but you could reach out that. to me at um, Margaret Kozlark at WilliamPitt.com. Hopefully you'll um, mm -hmm. put that in the uh in the chat. And the other thing I Definitely. did want to mention is, you know, we focused a lot on, on residential real estate, but I am also, I also have a company called Noblevest that does real mm -hmm. estate investing. So if anybody out there is listening and they're either getting killed with taxes or they mm -hmm. want to invest in real estate, but they have no time or interest in being a landlord, we mm -hmm. help people invest in apartment buildings passively. So we do all the work and they just collect their dividends and their returns. So happy to chat with anybody about that as well. Okay. Okay. That's pretty amazing. Actually, this is a, some like personal question that I, I, I got for you. Not really like it's sure. still relevant to this um, interview, but with the experience that you got, you also like into marketing, right? Mm -hmm. 
in this real estate industry, what do you think like the, the future looks like? Like your analysis, like five to 10 years from now in the space of real estate? So I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, I think that depending on the area that you're in, I think that some areas, the market prices are going to go down because again, like when, when the, in fact, we're seeing some of that now, right? Like, but yeah. do you know, here's a quiz for you. Do you know what one of the hottest markets was during the pandemic? I'll give you a hint. It's out West. Any idea? No idea. No idea. It was, was Boise, it? Idaho. Boise, Idaho was insane. Home prices almost doubled in two years. Everybody, again, I think for them, everybody was streaming out of California, right? And everybody, you know, you couldn't go anywhere, right? So they wanted a ranch, they wanted land. Boise was insane. Well, Boise prices have now dropped about 35, 40%. So all those people who bought at the top of the market, technically they're underwater now. Now, it may not matter matter if hopefully they're intending to stay. But I do think some markets are going to level out. Um, and I also predict mm -hmm. that multifamily is going to continue to grow. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the demographic trends, um, the way the population is growing, there have been a housing shortage, I believe, going back to as, as far as 2009, or maybe it was 2015, mm -hmm. they were saying, I don't remember the exact date, that we are short on units. So I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see more build to rent complexes, maybe more people choosing to live in multifamilies like apartment complexes for a variety yeah. of reasons. Either they can't afford to buy a home or they don't want to you know, buy the home or they just like the mm -hmm. mobility of having somebody shovel, somebody do their lawn. I can only be here for a year and then if I want to move to another town, I can so it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I see. Super insightful. A good thing that I'm, uh, I did ask that question. I really appreciate your time and um, giving us the opportunity to be in our uh, podcast. It's pretty amazing. Again, for our listeners, you can also visit um, the website of Margaret. It's margaretcoslark.williampete.com. You can also find her contact information right there and some vital information that you know about. Um, real estate. It's all located in there. So again, I'm going to repeat, I really appreciate your time um, being a guest into our podcast. The information that you provided is super insightful. Um, and the thing that you keep on re repeating is like relationships, customer service, even if 100%. you're new in, new in the industry, mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. You need to know like how to communicate, basic communication. It's pretty amazing. So that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Really uh, appreciate your time in this um, interview. Yeah, thank you so much Are for great. having me. This was fun. I love talking real estate. <laughs> thank you for being the show.